sound of an Arizona half iced tea, half tropical pineapple pear guava, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, I am Jesse from the internet. This is the Casual Die Hard podcast uh, here tonight. We've got, uh, I will go in order of uh, clockwise on my screen. Lily is here from the internet. Lily, how are you? I am, I'm doing real good, so that's pretty good. Also, as always, Britt is here from the internet. Britt, uh, how did you enjoy yesterday's professional football? Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Thanks for asking. It was, uh, I, 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 the Niners winning was not shocking. The Niners stealing the Eagles' lunch money and like getting their head of security tossed was really just uh, more than I could have dreamed. So that was great. A level of hate uh, that in in that rivalry that is approaching college football levels, and this is a college football episode of college, of Casual Die Hard, and we've got a guest today from the internet. It is Jason from the internet, uh, Jason Kirk from the Shutdown Fullcast, from Vacation Bible School, from uh, the upcoming book Hell Is a World Without You. Uh, Jason, I I will say also yesterday a. Uh, professional football note, I made a very good decision in my life not to attend the Atlanta Falcons-New York Jets game mm-hmm. in the pouring rain to see only one touchdown scored. I saw the safety on television, God. and that was all that anybody needed. That was, uh, that, that, was a, that, was, that was a football game for just grown adults who like, who like just, just big, big grown adult football. Just, just, just nasty, <laughs> nasty, awful, hideous football. Thirteen uh, eight final score. Tim Boyle starting, not but not finishing the game. Um, when, De- when Desmond Ritter is the best of the three quarterbacks who played, you you are you are really getting a treat. So I, I uh, you're, you're going to be kicking yourself for for sitting that one out. It could have been the six to nothing Chargers game, though. Imagine that. Imagine that in the rain. At least that one's kind of yeah. But the Jets game was bad enough that that Zach Wilson declined to take the starting job back. <laughs> he watched that and was like, "You know what? Actually, <laughs> let, let Aaron Rodgers tear <laughs> walk on a ruptured Achilles." Right. Well, let's stay in New Jersey, and this is a college football episode, uh, so I will take us back to the beginning of college football. November 6th, 1869, the first college football game. Nice. Rutgers 6, Princeton 4. As soon as that game ended, Rutgers was the undisputed best team in college football. 1-0. Never been beaten. Nobody's nobody's gotten them. Until the following week when Princeton beat them 8-0 and they could claim the title. Which they did because they didn't lose again until 1876 against Yale. So let's just imagine that Yale, uh, that uh, Yale now takes that uh, championship belt from the first college football game. It now belongs to Yale. 
Uh, Yale holds it another two years. Princeton gets it back in a one nothing game in Hoboken, New Jersey on Thanksgiving weekend in 1878. This oh is the same God. sport we're playing today. <laughs> Wait, how, how does the how does the how does the football game end one to nothing? Well, it can happen now if there's a one point safety in the third overtime or later after a zero zero game. I don't okay, that would be yeah. yeah, yeah. Were in in 1878. Anything before like uh, 1890 is basically a different sport. Harvard Harvard got the belt back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, only a passing resemblance. Really before the forward pass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. In our college football breeze through history here, uh, we will go through the 1880s and to the forward pass because Harvard, Yale, and Princeton all traded it back and forth until 1894 when finally, uh, and this is all thanks to something called uh, Hatch Rankings. Is it hatchrankings.com or .org? I have the... Hatchrankings.com slash lineal.html will give you the story of the lineal college football championship, which is this belt that I'm talking about. Uh, Penn beats Princeton in 1894. They're the team to hold it. Then others followed. Lafayette, Navy, Swarthmore, Carlisle with Jim Brown. Army, Cornell, Brown, Colgate. First time it goes out of the Northeast is in 1918, when Michigan, 2023 playoff participant Michigan, Beats Syracuse. Ohio State gets it the next year, quickly drops it to Illinois, on to Wisconsin, and then the University of Chicago at the end of 1921 because they had football then and uh, it was still not the modern era. <clears throat> Notre Dame gets the belt for the first time in 1923, then Nebraska. Shout out to Keelan, who's not here this evening, but we still got runs for. West Virginia Wesleyan, and a bunch of minor Pennsylvania schools like Lehigh, Muhlenberg, Villanova, Lebanon Valley, Penn State, Carnegie Tech, Washington and Jefferson, and Duquesne. 1928, Grove City beats Geneva for the belt 12-6, to and the location of that game is unknown. Villanova is the belt holder at the end of the 28th season, drops its bug belt at the start of the Great Depression. St. Mary's of California is the first Western team to take the belt beating Fordham in 1930 in New York at the Polo Grounds. Uh, and I was just reading, and I will link to this in the show notes, a great story from the 75th anniversary of this by, uh, I guess, the San Francisco Chronicle, looking back. And they were like, they had a ticker tape parade in San Francisco when these guys got back from beating Fordham. Uh, I love it. Seven blocks of granite. Uh, Washington, if they, they take the belt back out west, essentially, and bring it to that territory. Washington wins its first belt in 1934 with a 16-6 win over Oregon, but they lose it to Stanford a few weeks later. It's at the 1935 Rose Bowl that Alabama becomes the first Southern team to get the belt. So you got Michigan and Alabama, the first two teams from this year's playoffs to get the belt. Mississippi State beats Bama in the 35 season. LSU beats them a few weeks later. And TCU becomes Texas' first proven on-the-field college football champion. With a three to two win in the nineteen thirty six Sugar Bowl. Oh my god! They dropped the belt that September to the second proven on the field champion in college football from the state of Texas, Texas Tech. Third Texas team to get this uh, lineal mythical championship belt of college football is Rice in nineteen thirty eight. They beat Colorado in the Cotton Bowl. 
They immediately lose it to Oklahoma, which doesn't lose again until a 39 Orange Bowl against Tennessee. Vols go undefeated through 1939 before losing to USC in the Rose Bowl, first time for the Trojans. That gets us back to the West Coast, where it goes to Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State, before Texas A&M goes to Tacoma for something called the Evergreen Bowl and beats Washington State 7-0 on December 6th, 1941. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, no. I know where this is going. After Pearl Harbor, they still play the Cotton Bowl. Texas A&M goes to the Cotton Bowl despite already having won a bowl game and despite uh, America now being in a war. And uh, they lost to Alabama to give up the belt for Alabama's second run with the belt. This also sets up Georgia's first run with the belt uh, because the dogs beat Bama in Atlanta on Halloween 1942. Penn's the last Ivy League team to get the belt in 52, a season where it goes from Princeton to Penn to Penn State to Syracuse to Alabama at the Orange Bowl. Baylor wins it in 57. They're the fourth Texas team to win this uh, championship belt uh, by beating Tennessee in the Sugar Bowl. Finally, at the 65 Orange Bowl, Texas beats Alabama in the Orange Bowl and for the first time can claim the mantle of the proven, on-the-field, best team in college football because they beat the team that 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 beat Rutgers. Now... The reason that I went through all of this is that Jason compared Florida State in his newsletter today on Substack, which I enjoyed very much, to a situation that could have been, you know, them going, Florida State going out there and giving the middle finger to everybody after being told by authority figures, screw you guys, you're not good enough, you're not fast enough, you're not all this. Um, but it turns out that I think that there's a different, and I love that. I think it's all, it's all very true, and I'm also very glad that Florida State is not uh, actually going to be on the field as a sentimental favorite for us to cheer in a Daniel Bryan. Uh, <laughs> but there's uh, here, here is where this turns and, and into a different uh, wrestling angle. A couple of years ago, and LSU was holding the belt, uh, and it was peak COVID. I had plenty of time on my hands. I went back and I found that if you awarded a new belt at the end of each college football season, every belt since World War II eventually wound up getting to LSU holds it because they beat someone who beat someone who beat someone who beat someone. And then first game of that season, LSU loses, um, and in fact, Nobody held the belt for more than a week until Alabama got it back um, and won another title. But Alabama then drops that belt uh, to Texas A&M, which means Georgia never got the real belt during its historic dynastic winning streak. And Alabama now holds the 2021 and 2022 national title belts. While Washington, it turns out, at this point, um, because A&M beat Bama, Ole Miss beat A&M, Baylor beat Ole Miss, 
And then uh, at the start, uh, BYU beat Baylor, then Oregon beat BYU, and Washington beat Oregon last November, and the Huskies haven't lost since. So Washington is the current holder of the all-time belt. Alabama has the last two belts. And what we will see is guaranteed, because they are on opposite sides of the bracket, we will get a unification match in the CFP final. And it is because of this, as well as not having to hear the chop in two games that figure to be very good. And, and also, you know, just as somebody who's not deeply invested in any of it, um, it's been very funny to watch people scream at each other for the last 24 to 36 hours online. Um, but I'm okay with this from now on. If we use this as a way to say, okay, whoever wins the college football playoff this year will go into next year holding the belt. If they go undefeated, great. They are back in. That won't be a problem anyway. It'll be a 12th team field. But if they lose, whoever is holding the lineal championship belt, the belt that goes back to November 4th, uh, November 6th, 1869, the Rutgers belt, that team should get a playoff bid. I would far rather see that <laughs> than, say, uh, the G5 representative for this year. This feels suspiciously like a word problem in, like, freshman algebra. So in, inherently, like, reflexively, I don't like it. Because it feels too much like numbers, which is not, I don't love it. I think if you want to make brain you take this all the way and make it completely pro wrestling, you're going to need to like um, some of these t- titles are going to need to consume each other and then split, and uh, and, and you know you're going to need to merge some of them just completely arbitrarily. Um, and I think arbitrary will not only make more pro wrestling but also more college football. So yeah, you got to make it incredibly arbitrary and like at one point like somehow accidentally delete the lineage of like one of the prestigious titles despite the fact that like, you know, it was the tag team championship for like 50 years and then you merged it all and for whatever reason it's only got like a 5 year history now. That's 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 what's got to happen to the to these uh title belts. And then and then at some point, you know, Someone will create a rival title belt that, uh, you know, would, 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 <laughs> never mind. I'm, I'm getting too deep into the lore now. Well, here's, here's my other question. Would Florida State beating Georgia in their bowl game, uh, then create another belt of the, the Florida State unconquered, <laughs> undefeated, I don't think I, I don't think I went back and looked at, at who what happened with UCF and their fake title. Oh God. And that belt. <laughs> I'm I'm just feeling very Charlie Day at the pin board with the string right now. <laughs> like Yeah, Jesse's like co- cooking up some grand scheme for college football when in reality we just need to make Really, all all every level of college football should so just have like a fucking sixty four team or thirty two team tournament, and I don't give a shit if any of the, if the one versus sixty four matchup is good. I just want to see some. 
I just want to see a really big college football tournament between the best teams in the country, as opposed to like, you know, the FCS or the division two or the division three championships where, you know, there are good teams for, you know, who they are, but I don't know. Title belts seem complicated. (laughs) I think the real key to all of this is to just accept the fact that college football is the, um, whose line is it anyway of sports functionally the uh, points don't the matter point, it's all made up and the points don't matter right that it the the core ethos of the sport is that we are constantly making shit up as we go along that everyone's cheating and we all know it and everybody's just like yeah no but that that booster definitely didn't drop a bag of cash off for that honestly that would I never think- happen like that is the whole like core of the sport and I feel like the more people accept that, the happier they are. I think, like, I think it's always going to be this. I think what college football needs is more rules that are barely enforced. Just like more, just like some incredibly like niche, weird rules that like will get your head coach like a, like a, like a, uh, like a, like a half a game suspension. <laughs> like, like, oh, he tied his shoes. He, he, he tied his shoes the wrong way in uh before he called this play and now he has to sit out for five give me the penalty box for college football <laughs> I mean, the, the current state of affairs is that you can get three games for hamburgers and three games for illicit communications with a vacuum repair man and um you know still be coaching the national title team so i think it's worth the system works yeah yeah, we just need more, we just need to be able to give more suspensions. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what everyone wants. This is the this is the high the high art high like um, hoopla like you know high engagement thing we need is like uh, Bo Nix says a says a naughty word and has to has to go sit on the sidelines for two snaps. <laughs> Uh, congratulations! You're the new uh, chairman of the NCAA. <laughs> I, I I I think I could run it pretty well into the ground. You pass the LSAT that more than qualifies you to, you know. Yeah, and, and nothing speaks to your qualifications uh, more than saying what we need is more penalties. <laughs> we need more penalties. We need we need to just like. Every every you know what? No divisions. Every every team plays everyone. There are no conferences, no division. You play whoever the fuck you want. I wanna see I wanna see Michigan versus North Central. <laughs> I mean, I wanna see Michigan versus Alabama. Quite quite honestly, like for as shitty as it is and as you know wrongly done as Florida State was. I did watch the ACC championship game because uh, once Iowa gave up a big punt return, you knew that shit was over. Um, <laughs> big Ten game, like oh, the punts yeah, that- are going against Iowa now. This is no, this that is was game. over quick. <laughs> um, that was that was tough to watch, and Jalen Milrow is not tough to watch. He is. Very, very exciting to watch. And you know, I, I think that put it put aside everything else about what's 
right and wrong here because the committee sure as fuck did because they've never cared really about that. And, yeah, we don't have to pretend that they did. They they did succeed at their job, I think, in putting together a hell of a TV product because those two games are bangers. Right. I mean, like, they cannot, they wait. created the they created the games that were going to be the more interesting games. Is that objectively the correct choice if you look at the season on a whole? Eh, no, probably not. But it also becomes a question of, you know, are you looking at who's the best team right this second? Or are you looking at who was the best team a month ago? Like those are kind of not, obviously, not going to be the same thing every time. And I again, uh, the rules are made up and the points don't matter. So give me what the better matchups in the next month are going to be. Yeah. I I want to hate it way more than I do. Like on a rational humanistic level and like I feel terrible for all of the Florida State players and especially Jordan Travis getting hurt like that in addition to like then having them be like yeah you being hurt is the reason that your team uh is staying home from the thing that you you know thought that fucking sucks and the old men who run that committee should all be launched into you know various is it bad that i i I want the computer back (laughs) No. Give me no. the BCS computer back. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that. The computer did a fine job. Um, th- like, it's it's a tension in this sport where for, you know, 100 years, the postseason was just whatever. There, in, the, in the early decades, it was uh, if Yale and Princeton want to decide to call their game the national title game, then, then it is. And if anyone disagrees with that, then they can call their game the national title game. And the, no one... <laughs> No one can do anything about it. No one will do anything about it, you know. And then we, and then for decades and decades, we had a system where the postseason games are, you know, whoever whoever wants to play each other, and you know, sometimes that's arranged by a conference, sometimes it's not. Um, and like that 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 spirit of we want to see good game, we want to see Bama play Michigan. Like, of course we do. Um, we want to see two good teams play each other, and we're trying to cram it into a tournament with. Um, with rules and formats it's not a fit it has never been a fit uh it will never be a fit like there are levels of college football that have tournaments and they work fine they work fine but like in the top level like we we just want bowl games um and like we had a problem because it's hard to tell who's the champion after bowl games but like it is that really a problem because sometimes there's two champions okay so what (laughs) sometimes there's two champions that's funny that's great um but I mean, we're we're in this like very awkward middle stage right now, where it's like bowl plus playoff, right? Yeah. We're like, yeah, the playoff is made of bowls, and then, <laughs> and then there's right. this whole other thing afterward. <laughs> like like Bama, Michigan, that is a bowl. That is a rigged up. Like one team deserves to be there, one team does not. Um, but it's rigged because it's a bowl. It's literally at a bowl site, and it has the name of a bowl. Um, and we can call it a semifinal all we want, but. It's it's a pair of bowl games that then that then lead to another, so, like from the from the from the perspective that we are trying to crown a national champion, yeah, FSU got screwed and it was wrong. Um, from the perspective of people just want bowl games to look at, 
Bama will put on a good show. Um, and like my very strong preference is uh, give FSU a title shot. But guess what? They have one. They beat Georgia. They will call themselves the national champions, and they should, just as UCF was right to in 2017. So college football will always find a way, I guess is my thing. Like they, they can try to apply all these systems to it, but college football will find a way. In the past 10 years, past 10 years of the playoff, we've had as many split titles as we had in the 10, you know, in the <laughs> seven or so years until before the BCS, right? There were, there are three split titles in the nineties. There have been two split titles in the past decade. If Florida state managed to beat Georgia. So all the, all these systems aren't really accomplishing anything. <laughs> I also think the thing with college football is that I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but like on some level, it kind of doesn't because I think the things that are the, and we've talked about this before, the thing that is the most interesting on a lot of levels about college football are the conference battles. They're the conference championships. They're the rivalry games. Like at the end of the day, those are a huge part of whether a team looks back and says, was this season successful or not? And whether fans look back and say, okay, how successful was the season is, did you meet, beat the teams that you hate the most and want to beat? Did you beat the team that you wanted to beat in the biggest moment for whatever reason? And yeah, obviously if that leads to a national championship, that's great. And uh, you will pry my Florida national champions assortment of hoodies and whatever from my cold dead hands. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, there's been lots I, and almost anyone who's a college football fan who isn't a fan of like four teams has had a lot of seasons that were still fun and entertaining and that, you know, filled its role in your life that there was no national champion aspirations, but you know, you, you beat your rival or you made a decent bowl and you played well or whatever it is. And I think especially those rivalry games, those conference championships mean so much. Yeah. Uh, Now the conferences aren't going to exist in anything resembling (laughs) what we're used to them looking like very quickly here. But that's, that's another thing that I think is, why this is something that we can laugh about is that this problem is naturally going away. We've had this thing and I can't believe that it took 10 years to get here that you have five conferences for a four team playoff. Like, and that's before you even think about, you know, the Notre Dame or the G five team that, that sneaks up there. You've always had five power conferences and four playoff spots. And there've, certainly been years where it's been two sec teams and two conferences get left out and that's felt like bullshit too and in at various levels of like what it means to be competing for a championship if that's what the football the cfp is allegedly about this has always been something that was looming and it finally took until the very very end of it to bite them in the ass when and this is this is why I wanted to talk about what the playoff bubble, you know, would have, could have, should have been had they gone to a twelve team playoff this year. Because instead of talking about Florida State getting screwed, we'd be talking about you know, oh, should Florida State be, should Florida State be you know getting a bye instead of having the five seed? 
but more interestingly, we could be having a debate you know, at, at the bubble of Oklahoma was 12, uh, but I guess that um, the fight in Fallwells would be getting, I think that, that, that's about the 12 spot. Fallwells. That's that's stolen directly from the watch grid that we will talk about later, where uh, Jason is listed that game is number eight, Oregon versus Falwell. On, it would uh, depend on how many um, conference conference champions we're giving bids to, which the SEC and Big Ten are trying to whittle that number down as far as they can. So, right. But at the bubble, you would have eleven Ole Miss, twelve Oklahoma, thirteen LSU, fourteen Arizona. And I think that it would be fun to be having the conversation of like, yeah, man, like let let Arizona cook in this playoff. Like they've been so much of a more interesting team over the second half of the season than you know, the fourth place in the SEC Ole Miss. I think the thing with four is has, was always a terrible number, and it was always a transitional mm-hmm. number. Um, and like, I mean, two worked fine. Two worked totally fine. Nine times out of ten, we know who the top two teams are. But again, you know, at times we don't and when you do when you have three see 2004 um four is just it's a stupid number because then you're saying there's always four elites right and like statistically there's often one or two or three in this year it's somewhere between one and seven no one knows Um, (laughs) right 12 12 is fine like it's i I, i'm not a fan of big playoff i don't really like 12 i don't think 12 or 16 or 24 or 32 or any of that fits um, top level college football. Um, but if you're going to have a playoff, it needs to be in big enough to like encompass everyone who fits in what you believe to be the top tier, you know? And like four is it's four is just a terrible number. <laughs> like there, there's, there's so many years when it's three and that's it. And you're just sliding into yeah. four just for the hell of it. Yeah. Make it. I, mean, I, feel, I feel like it needs to be at least like, six or eight before you can even call it a playoff. Cause it's like, when you have four, is that really a playoff or is that just two, two games leading to a championship? Once you're at like six or eight, it's like, Oh, these are a playoff. You're playing, you know, you're playing multiple games to get to a title game. And you know, four is also, it's yeah, it's yeah. It's the fact that, you know, there's, you know, you know, sometimes one or two or three good teams, it's like the fourth one's going to get fucking massacred by whoever the first team is. Where it's like, maybe, you know, I'd like to see, you know, the third best team, quote unquote, versus the sixth best team and see where they go. And then, you know. The tiny bracket is very, I remember in 2014, the first year of it, it was like, just knowing for SEO reasons, we need to use the word bracket, right? But it's not a bracket. It's two games that lead to a <laughs> right. game, right? But you have to it's, say 2014 bracket revealed, right? Um, it's it's a ridiculous system, and it is amazing that it lasted um, that it lasted ten years. And God, it's even been more amazing years. that it almost made. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's even it's even more amazing that they almost made it without this, you know, without um, putting themselves in this position because, like that, like. There was talk going in that, like, oh, somebody's screwed no matter what. No, Bama's not screwed if they don't make it. They're not screwed. They lost a game to a team that's in. That's fine, right? Um, the committee themselves engineered this entire this entire problem. They they had the solution. They could have made it. <laughs> um, leaving Florida State out is the entire uh, – it, it's entirely self-inflicted. 
Um, yeah, it's it, Florida State. Leaving Florida State out isn't the problem. It's the result of the problem. <laughs> well, well, I mean, true I, to it, the like, end. So, ultimately, yeah. the problem is they never sort of conferred with college football fandom on what it is we want a playoff to be. But we what everyone wants a playoff to be is the most deserving teams. When you watch NFL games, you think this team is ahead of that team in the standings. The Bills are six and six, but they're probably the best team. That's the case every year, right? The Bills are incredible, but they lose all the time. <laughs> Too bad. They don't get to go to the playoffs just because they're really good. The the in the in the years when you know with the Chargers. They're the best in uh, the best in FPI, but they missed the playoffs. It's the case this year, right? <laughs> There's a long time for the Seahawks. The Seahawks are the best in uh, F plus, but they're nine and seven, right? So what? Last, last year's Vikings are complete bullshit, but make it. Yes, yes, exactly. The Vikings were deserving. They won that many games, but they were not the best. In college football, the Vikings would be left out, which, okay, that's a bad example because we would like that. But, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what we want out of sports is to know where our teams stand. We want deserving. We don't want someone to come in and say this team's better than that team, so therefore the wins don't count. And the college football playoff committee is designed to reward best, and it's their definition of best, and they get to change, you know, change that definition from year to year. This is the first time they've ever cashed in the, we only reward the best teams card. Um, and it just feels very, very, very bad that it happened to benefit the sec. Um, you know, the one year the sec was going to miss, then the playoff committee decides, Oh, it's actually about best. Not most deserving. That just feels bad. It's the sec. So it just feels worse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I was thinking, you know, people, people say things like, you know, how, how do you explain to your kids, whatever horrible thing they want you to think is horrible? You know, that's always been to the front. How am I going to explain this to my children? Um, and it turns out that like most of those things are fairly easy to explain. Like, yeah, people like sex is a thing happens people love each other sometimes those people are whatever um but try to explain (laughs) all of its games i'm like i'm trying like my 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 son came out of after school today um (laughs) just livid over what he felt was an unfair decision refereeing decision in an after school soccer match and did not speak (laughs) for five blocks on the way home Trying to explain to Sean, yeah, Florida State went 13-0. and uh, They won their conference championship in a game that the other team never really even had a legitimate chance to win. Um, they are not going to be allowed into the college football playoffs. I don't know how I'm going to explain that to him in a way that, like is going to work because I, they're, they're, you know, other than, well, you know, they decided that everybody wanted to see Alabama like, or Brock Glenn is too good at playing school and he's not Cardale. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, you know what we should do is we should just make it a fan vote. Like what, what matchups do you, you, oh, the God. fans want to see? <laughs> I mean, if you want to guarantee that you have a sec heavy matchup, just about every time. That's a great way to do it. Or 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 maybe add a fan voting component. I don't know. 
It's it's stupid either way. No, but you're right. I I could explain my gender better to a toddler than I could explain the college football playoffs. <laughs> and the toddler would understand it. I mean, when we're talking about like you know, anytime you talk about college football to someone, right? You are getting a you're you're able to talk about so many things besides just uh sports and competition and all that. Like to explain this, you have to talk about market forces and institutional self-preservation, and oh, we're talking about we're talking about all of America when we're talking about the decision to elevate this team to another. So, like, college football is rich with lessons, and they are usually what not to do. Like, there there is always so much to talk about. All of it is bad. Yeah, R- rarely instructive in a positive way. <laughs> Speaking of rarely instructive in a positive (laughs) way, um, earlier this season, at the beginning of this season, we started a a little game that we called uh, Brian Ferentz Bingo, because... (laughs) I forgot about Brian Ferentz Bingo. I also forgot about Brian Ferentz Bingo. So we had Brian Ferentz Bingo. Uh, We all got to 325 points. Uh, Brian fell far short. Uh, and he's losing his job. But we now have uh, Bowl Bingo. Um, and I'm not really sure. We can we can discuss this as we go and figure it out. But I'm going to give us uh, each... Um, well, there's, there's four of us here. Uh, so this will be a 5x5 five five grid. We are going to go uh, based on... Um, I will get the link again and put it in the chat for us from Jason Substack. From today, Jason, what is the uh, it's Jason Kirk dot FYI? Put this into the chat so that you guys can see how Jason has arranged all of this year's bowl games into a very friendly grid, which he does all the time anyway. But this is just for the postseason. Uh, we've got the green column, watch this, the yellow column, maybe watch, and the red column, it's football. Uh, each of us will be drafting a column. Uh, so there will be a uh, Lily as the winner. You will have the first as the winner of Brian Ferentz bingo. You have the first pick Jason as the guest. You will have the second pick uh, Brit. You will have the third pick and I will have the fourth pick. And then we will uh, have some wild cards at the end. Um, so the way this will go is we will be going down to fill out the bingo card um, we will each have a column. Your picks will be to fill out that column, but this is a collaborative enterprise. We are trying to hit bingo over the course of bowl season, um, with these games. And since it's games rather than numbers, we're going to be looking for things. Again, I haven't really plotted out the game so much as, uh, the format of drafting the bingo board, which will be, uh, we each need to pick, uh, one, game from the green column from the watch this one game from the red uh, one game from the yellow and one game from the uh red that we actually would like to watch and see and talk about red might be a tough tough to find um and then also one uh one game from the green that you uh, i'm sorry one game from the green or yellow that you would not like to watch and then one of the four remaining fcs teams uh will be the rest of your grid and those are north dakota state 
South Dakota, uh, South Dakota State, and Villanova. And then there will be a free space as well. So, Lily, you have the first pick. Is this any anything in the and anything in any of the columns, or just mm-hmm. the bowl games? Um, okay, so I'm gonna go really weird for this first pick, but only because my sister goes there. I'm gonna go North Central versus Wartburg. <laughs> my sister goes to Wartburg, and her uh, boyfriend does their uh, announcing. So it's uh, it's a cute. It's a I I, I think I should take it as a first pick. I'm pretty sure I got an email from someone with uh, opinions about this game. Uh, yeah, from from uh, emailer Michael. The Division Three semifinal between North Central and Wartburg is bad seating, so I don't. I'm sure, I'll stand, with, <laughs> I'll stand with that. Let's just say North Central has has yet to, to yet to not win a game by like more than forty points this year. <laughs> They've won several well, games fun. like like seventy to nothing. Warburg's also undefeated, but you know, it's uh, North Central's uh, one of the better D three, the probably the best D three team of the last like ten years. Okay, Jason, you're up. Uh, your pick of all bowl season. So now the the goal here is to um, does does each round have its own goal or 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 what? Uh. Now we are just trying to build a a solid bingo board of games that we will then uh, play bingo with. I see. So really, if there's just any game that you want to talk about or mention, as <laughs> as Lily just did, um, and any games that you want to shout out here, because there's a such a such a smorgasbord over the month of December. Well, I think if I were to um, recommend just one game to uh, be aware of. Um... I wouldn't get too cute with it. I'd go with Washington, Texas, the uh, the quote unquote playoff semifinal. Um, two very good offenses. Um, Washington tends to be chaotic. Every Washington game is entertaining, no matter the opponent. Um, they play down to their opponents, but they'll need to play up for this one. Texas, uh, a lot better on defense than I think people. Uh, have gotten to, gotten to expect from a, from a Big Twelve team. Very very good up front on defense, um, and both of, both of these teams just do a lot of creative shit on offense. Just just a lot of trying shit. So uh, yeah, the, the, there's a very good chance this could this is game of the year contender. Let's put it that. Way. I agree with that. Texas uh, creative offense. I do need to shout out the uh, the play the the pass that they ran to. Um, Oh, I don't know his first name. Sweat, ninety three, mm. enormous gentleman, uh, who scored a touchdown in that game. Um, that was lovely. Devondre. See that happen. Devondre Sweat. Uh, Britt, it is your pick. Uh, let me see. Um, I mean, I feel like in the interest of of maintaining a theme here, I have to go with Iowa, Tennessee, just because as some sort of philosophical opposite of Washington, Iowa is going to be, they're going to try some stuff. It's not going to be stuff I would recommend, um, but they're going to try some things. And look, punters are people too. So 
Also in that game, you have I'm, maybe the best contrast in all of bowl season where Iowa's going to do nothing. Tennessee's going to do a lot. <laughs> Tennessee's very busy on offense. Iowa's not, so we get to Yeah, play. they're intensely uh, philosophical opposites in that way. That is a green columner. I am going to follow up with one from the yellow column that features the team that I wanted to see play against Iowa, uh, which is LSU. I am very angry at uh, the bowl people for somehow not giving us Iowa LSU. Iowa Tennessee is fine, but like it was right there, guys. When you when you talk about everything versus nothing, um, Wisconsin really could do nothing. They did do a lot of nothing this season and finished behind Iowa in the Big Ten West, which is an achievement. Everybody who finished behind Iowa in the Big Ten West, which is everybody in the Big Ten West, you should all just consider giving up football because you lost to half a team. Um, Well, two-thirds of a team. I don't want to discount special teams, and, and Troy Taylor is a lot. Um, yeah, that's just, that's no good. Uh, all right. Are we going serpentine or are we going, uh, back to Lily? I made this up. Let's go back to me. I want to, I want to, I want to, I've got it. I've got a game I want. Okay. I've got, go I got my, ye- I got my yellow Colin game. Uh, give me. Uh, give me SMU versus Boston College. Okay, I might go to this game. It it just seems it just seems fun. It just seems like <laughs> it's I don't such know. A, it's such a weird matchup. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's why I. That's why I, I just like I just want the weird. I want to celebrate the weird. Um, and and that's 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 what I want. I want SMU versus Boston College. A future conference matchup, no less. Yeah, exactly. Future, yeah. future, future ACC oh, matchup. Jesus. I am I am all the more pressed to go to Fenway Park for this now. Because when is SMU ever going to play at Fenway again if they're in BC's conference? They're yeah, not going to pro- get the invite to this bowl ever again. SMU being sick of playing in Boston is a situation we will uh, we'll be running into very soon. Oh. And I'm going to be in Massachusetts for for Christmas. Um, I'm going to need to consider this. ACC scouting. ACC, if you're listening, um, hire me as a scout. I will steal the signals of the SEC that uh, help get Alabama into the playoffs. I believe that signal is uh, writing large checks. <laughs> There's large checks involved somewhere. Uh, Jason, it is it is your pick. So it's 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 one per column. Is that this is that the situation here? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so from from the yellow column, I. This is a game that it, it arguably could be green, but uh, not quite. I, I, th- I thought about promoting this one up. Kansas UNLV on uh, day after Christmas. Um, 
Kansas still enjoying its resurgence under Lance Leopold, uh, who is, is still there as of as of this recording. Um, and UNLV, their best team in about 40 years, um, went to their conference title game. The team that hired Bobby Petrino 12 months ago and saw him leave three weeks later and then had a better season than his new team, Texas A&M. He now has another new team, Arkansas. So, um, yeah, Kansas UNLV, just two teams who almost never get to enjoy this sort of thing, and uh, they're going to be in prime time the day after Christmas. Boxing Day extravaganza. I like it. Britt, you are up. All right. Um, well, in the interest of uh, where my student loan money is going, I, I do have to take Fresno and New Mexico State. Um, also because I, I genuinely do find New Mexico State strangely fascinating. Sure. Just just sort of broadly. Um, they're weird. They're fun. They're often more competent than you might expect. And 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 also, I'm kind of interested to see what ha- see how Fresno plays because they should be mad. Um, because at, at no one but themselves, but they should be mad that they didn't make end up in their conference championship game. So I want to see where that goes. They really sputtered late in the year. They did. They did. They and they also pl- they also played way better out of conference than in conference, mm-hmm. which did not, you know, did not help their case. <laughs> not a thing I saw coming either. No, they were uh, like, well, we can definitely beat like, yeah, we can definitely beat Purdue and Arizona State and you know, look really competent otherwise and then be like, oh, but it's Wyoming. Like, yeah, you, you're all confused. Uh, I am going to go for the red column for my next pick. Uh, and I am I'm going to go Saturday night, December 16th, Cal, Texas Tech. Um, oh, God. Oh, and that that's a Pac-12 after dark, isn't it? Yeah, that feels like um I know that you know we really we really did get the season finale of Pac the series finale of Pac-12 after dark. Uh but this feels like a spiritual like after show sort of. Yeah. Um talking Pac-12 after dark. It's like the reunion episodes of uh, of Real Housewives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe Cliff Kingsbury will stop by. Who knows? He's. <laughs> All right, uh, Lily. It is back to you. Give me the real national championship game: Florida State versus Georgia. <laughs> but it's only the national championship game for Florida State, really. But I want I there's so many implications of that game. I want to see I want to see Florida State claim a national championship, beat Georgia and claim a national championship because they should. That's could that's be a very the only entertaining game. It could be very fraught and very entertaining. Um, 
we'll see how many players show up for each side, but uh, but FSU yeah. is going to give a shit. Jason, is is Tate Rotemaker good? Decent, probably, most likely decent. Uh, I mean, his uh, his first start was uh, on the road in Florida, and it took him a little while to get going. Um, and I, what that and you know, that's pretty much all we've seen of him. So, yeah, I mean, it, I I would assume he'll be fine. I did not watch the Florida game, so. Um. I think we've collectively decided that it just didn't happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, ah, Jason, it is your pick. So I'm taking a red game, right? You've taken a green and a yellow? Okay. Um, Sure. On December 28th, um, people should just be aware that the end of Rutgers-Miami will um <laughs> will just be wrong the end will be wrong um mario crystal ball Mar- uh, miami head coach is a genius at late game situations and i don't mean that um he will select the best option i mean he's more <laughs> what, what he says will, it will be memorable it will be it will be unique special he's scary. a creative genius um yeah unveiled. he's an artist yes uh and on the other side is Greg Schiano, a, a foil, uh, a special foil as well. Of course, Greg Schiano was the one who was asking um, grown man NFL players to dive at each other during uh, during kneel downs as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach. So the final minute of, the, of this game, if you make it through the three hours preceding it, it will be memorable. That's all we can count on here. And it's it's this game kicks off at two o'clock on a Thursday. So uh, so around, you know rush hour on a thursday you're going to see some of the worst football you've ever seen and i i don't know how you uh how you pass that opportunity up rush hour on thursday in the bronx in december uh i've lived in new york all my life i've never been to the pinstripe bowl um some of that is because a lot of years we are in massachusetts but this year, I am thinking of attending the Fenway Bowl. I have never in its history thought I would like to go to that stadium to watch football. Um, even as I, I saw soccer there once, it was fine. It's not a special experience to go to New Yankee Stadium even for baseball, really, it's just, it's sterile and one of my least favorite places on the planet. Um, they should still be right across. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other time. Um, yeah, Rutgers, Miami. Uh, I, I think I will tune in for the final few minutes of that. And that is it, hopefully, as we are getting back from Fenway Park, where football should be played. <laughs> Okay, uh, Britt, it is your pick. All right. Um, well, so for my um, for my red column pick, I'm going to go Texas State Rice, specifically because Texas State's band is fucking great, hmm. and they are 
uh, worth the price of admission for a an otherwise uninspiring <laughs> football matchup. And Rice's band is is wacky, so. Rice's band is wacky. Rice's band is uh, musically very good. Also, like, they're not the most, like, precision like some of them are, but Rice has a very good music program, so it'll be a good, it'll be a good band matchup. Watch halftime. Maybe don't watch the rest of it. Smart. I also like a good Texas school on Texas school where, you know, there, there's some potential for, like, you know, some of these guys have played against each other in high school. Yeah. Um, so you might have a little, little Texas on Texas beef. Uh, you know, so a good old, a good old uh, Southwestern, com- old school Southwestern conference <laughs> matchup. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I still have, I've, I've gone yellow and red. I'm going to go green here and take um, listeners of the show. will know that I'm a longtime Sun Bowl honk and I'm going to stay that way with uh, Notre Dame, Oregon State. Uh, should be fun. Should be fun. I like it. I like the Sun Bowl. So I'm going to stick with it here. And that takes us back to Lily. What's the la- next last two picks? Uh, the last two picks are um, a uh, here's, uh, uh, an FCS team remaining. I've done this wrong. Okay. Uh, the FCS team remaining will be how we fill up the wild card comp. Okay. So the two picks remaining are. Uh, a one that you would like to avoid, um, and a flex. Ooh, a flex. So a flex is just anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna use my flex on uh UTSA versus Marshall. Not not for any particular reason other than I like that people call uh, the Roadrunners the Meeps uh, sometimes. <laughs> meep meep. Yeah, uh, that's that's the only reason. I have no clue what that game that game's gonna look like. I don't know anything about either team, but I I like that um, they call UTSA the Meeps. <laughs> I like that. Um... I have had occasion to watch uh, UTSA a little bit um, at times this season because I feel like they are a weeknight, you know, weeknight. I'm just gonna say a weeknight staple. They're fun. I enjoy them. The thing that they're playing is called the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. <laughs> okay. I don't know what Scooter's Coffee is, but okay. Uh, Jason, your pick. Uh, I think people should be aware of NC State, Kansas State. Um, These are two highly decent teams. Um, The two definitely definitely quality second or third tier teams um, that at times this year look like they might break through to uh, up a level or so. Just as importantly, this is the Pop-Tarts Bowl, um, where... They haven't really explained this, and that sort of adds to the oh, both intrigue and the horror that there will be some sort of an edible mascot. Um, I don't know what the, that means, but I just know that they have they have said those words. So, once again, similar to Rutgers Miami, tune into something uh, mysterious and horrifying at the very end. At at the press conference or the press, whatever it was, I only saw this um, reported via 
the Twitter machine. Um, Dave Doran, the NC State coach, asked uh, what the filling was on the edible Pop-Tarts mascot and was told that um, that was information the Pop-Tarts Bowl representative could not divulge. (laughs) You know what? Respect to the Pop-Tarts marketing department who's handling this because look that I mean I'm watching they got my attention okay. you win you win pop tarts uh Britt that brings you to the next pick oh god what do I have left a red one is that one or where we're at have you done a red one yeah, you did I don't think one. so the Texas State race oh yeah 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 you've you, you are at either flex or one to avoid okay might as well do flex now, since that seems to be what we're all doing in this round. Might as might as well. It's what the first two have done. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let me. See, where am I? Um. I'm gonna go Miami, Ohio, App State, because I think there's just something intensely, inherently funny with taking a bunch of uh, college kids who have been in either the frozen tundra of Ohio or in the ass end of the mountains in North Carolina and sending them to Orlando the week before Christmas. It's a really good game too. They deserve it. This, I I considered this game for the green column on that day. So it's a good game. It's, it's definitely borderline, but it's got, there's potential. And I just, I, I like App State, just sort of generally. I think that's, that's America's team. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, a lot of my, uh, my likes have been taken off the board here, but I will, um, yeah, I'm going to go back to the green column. I'm going to have myself a, a nice couple of day, a nice couple of days there on uh, late December. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma, Arizona. Let me see some points. You will see some points. Okay. That, that is. Ooh, that's a loser leaves town match for the Big 12. Sort of. Oh, yeah. You mean both? I mean both are leaving. Oh yeah, it's, it's incoming, a, it's a, outgoing. Yeah, yeah. It's a coming and going. <laughs> Only room in this town for one of us. Yeah. We're on. We're on one. Gotta drop that game. Leave. Leave the belts on the way out of town. <laughs> there you go. The Red River now. Water rights now belong to Arizona. Wow. <laughs> Well, look, they could use it, so... They need it, yeah. All right, we're settling things here. Uh, all right, and we will wrap this up with the uh, the games to avoid. Uh, always nice to end a podcast on a positive note. Please remember to rate <laughs> you. Like and subscribe, Casual Die Hard, uh, now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Lily? Which which of these football games in the next month will you be watching under no circumstances whatsoever? Uh, Ohio State Mizzou. I don't think anything about that game interests me. I I don't like I I don't like Ohio State in any way, shape, or form, and I feel like just Mizzou is a very boring football team. 
I feel like I disagree on your assessment of Mizzou as a very boring football team. But by the time they play this game, they may very well be. And <laughs> yeah. So I, it might too. Yeah, so, it's it just seems yeah. like a game that's gonna it's gonna be like it's gonna be everyone's backups because half of them have committed to the draft. And none of them want to play. That is the thing about about the the expanded playoff and all that is like and living in this bowl playoff mix that we have is like what is the incentive to like honestly what should be happening is that which which bowl is that is that the cotton bowl no Whoever's sponsoring that bowl game should be at Marvin Harrison's house with $3 million. And a Maserati. (laughs) Yeah, Cotton Cotton Bowl Classic. Up to his house in Columbus. Like, otherwise, there, you could not get him on the, like, I wouldn't. Right, there's, there's very little in it for him at that point. Oh. Yeah, he knows he's going to get drafted by the Bears. <laughs> God. God bless. Now there's an argument for staying in oh. college football. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. As someone from Chicago, yes, that is. there is no better uh, reason to stay playing college football than I could potentially get drafted by the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you see how many fifth-year seniors there are in college football this year? It's because of the bears. Bears are looming. <laughs> they're all they're all just like please no. Please no. <laughs> uh Jason, you have you've given us an entire column of games to uh mostly avoid unless we are sickos of some kind or another. Um but which which game would be the most avoid this at all costs for you um well for me personally i'm not going to pick on any of the non-fbs games here um mm-hmm. so among fbs games uh monday december 18th at 2 30 eastern in the afternoon wku old dominion these teams are fine they, they have a postseason game i hope they enjoy it um i'm i'm not going to make it it's it's nothing personal i'm just not going to make it on that monday afternoon where is that game uh, they at least get to go somewhere the, the, good. It's the Bahamas Bowl, in fact, which great. I'm 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 delighted for these teams. Hey. Wait. I don't know. They could get killed in a shark attack. The famous toast people. <laughs> oh no no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, the Bahamas oh, Bowl moved to Charlotte. That's right. Yeah, they get to. They. Oh man, that's that's tough. Like knowing that you could have been in the Bahamas Bowl, but now you're going to Charlotte. Yeah, that's a letdown. No, no offense to Charlotte or anything here, but no. I mean, I I've you know professed my love of skyline chili on here when I was flying to Argentina and got stuck in a blizzard in Cincinnati. Uh, that was very disappointing. Uh, so yeah, no, I I feel you here, WKU and, and Old Dominion, and will ac- accordingly avoid watching your football game in Charlotte. Nobody should watch football in Charlotte. I think that's just a good rule. 
in general. That ACC championship uh, game was in Charlotte too, and that sucked. That game was unwatchable. All right, uh, Britt, your your pick for a game to avoid. Uh, all right, I I'm gonna go uh, Louisville USC just purely on vibes because uh, both of them just irritate me on a deep and philosophical level for reasons I can't quite articulate other than everyone I've ever met who went to either of those schools made me want to push them into traffic. Reasonable. Fair. Fair. Totally with that. All right. And that brings it to me for a game to not watch. Um... But I, I got to go for day after Christmas, uh, Bowling Green, Minnesota. That is... Cool. There are better things you could be doing with your day after Christmas. Minnesota this year's five and seven bowl team. So. <laughs> yeah. We rewarded the Big Ten West with a five and seven bowl team. You'd think we would know better. And it wasn't even the Nebraska team that almost beat Iowa. God bless. Shame of it all. Um, no, so, and, and that brings us just to the the four uh, FCS teams will uh, make up our wild card center column here. Um, I botched this. You know what it was? It was that I had this designed for Keelan to also be here, and then um, she was not. So that is why we had the wildcard column, and I never adjusted for that. Um, but as we are coming to the end, because obviously that took uh, a little while. Um, Jason, I, I wanted to ask you, like, you followed FCS um, better than anyone I know on the internet for, for a good while. Um what is the reaction generally like when that bracket comes out? Like, is there a big hubbub over um, who is left out of, of the 16? Yes. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's a bit muted. You know, it's not like FSU being left out yeah. in part because the top contenders will always make it. So it's, it's bubble teams. Um, it's comparable to March madness where we're, you know, it's, it's a fringe team is very upset. Um, it's usually not a great injustice. We're usually talking about teams that have lost. You know, you, you might have like a an eight and three team. That type of team is being left out, or you know, or maybe it's a, a ten and one team from a weaker conference, or um, or the Missouri Valley or the Big Sky or your best FCS conferences, and you know, the worst teams in those conferences are still good. Um, so you, you might have a six and five team that feels like they should go. And it's like, well, shit, they lost to the five best teams in the country. Why not? Um, but those are the kind of debates you get on like FCS bracket Saturday. That feels like something I would be okay with having. So I think again, 12 team playoff four is four is just bad. Four is just bad. Could be eight. Could be 12. We're going to go with 12. I'm happy with 12. Talk myself into 12. Um, but for now, we got four. So so that goes. And and we are down to four in FCS. Um, 
What do you think? As far as that goes. Anybody. <laughs> so I uh, just... Oh. <laughs> well, on one side, you have South Dakota State, who is going for a repeat yeah. title. Um, you know, people remember the... I think I think North Dakota State's title reign sort of, like, bubbled up to general consciousness. Um, mm-hmm. North Dakota State winning nine titles in 12 years or whatever it was. South Dakota State uh, going for their second in a row, and they might be better than any of NDSU's teams. This might be the best FCS team other than Randy Moss's Marshall team. Um the list of teams that SDSU has beaten this year is just, it's, they could end up beating almost the entire FCS top 10, top 15. Um, so who, who, whoever is taking uh, FCS teams, be sure you take them first. <laughs> I think that we are not, uh, we're, we're not drafting that on the, uh, on the bingo card here, but rather I will just uh, fill in the names of those teams and we will figure out, um, how to play bingo uh, will be included in the show notes. That will be a collective enterprise that we will uh, keep you posted on through some kind of social media. We're on Blue Sky now because Crip was cool enough to set that up. Uh, Casualdiehard.bsky.social, right? Is that what it is? I have still not gotten into that nearly enough. That is what it is, yes. I'm still like, I just, I'm too exhausted to do a new social media platform it's too much jason where where can the people find you before we get going here uh i've tried to um make my handle jason kirk dot or underscore fyi on socials that's also my substacks url okay and uh and your book comes out in february it does. February 12th. Um, Hell is a World Without You. Ex-evangelical novel. Um, some pre-orders have been sneaking out against my uh, against my will, but what are you going to do? Not much you can do about that. They're out there. People are sending me photos of it, uh, and they seem to be happy with those photos, so fine. I'll take it. <laughs> well, I look forward to either reading it or praying that there's uh, an audiobook hard (laughs) old like it is hard to like physically read like i've had a stack of books that just grows because my eyes hurt um and i didn't used to like audiobooks but now i do i like podcasts too i like this one i shut down full cast there are other podcasts that are out there too but i think it's just us they're, they're the internet's only college football podcast. We are not a college football podcast. This is just an episode of our podcast. And, and this is the end of that podcast where uh, I just ramble on a little bit until I reach the magic words. Love you.